0: Amen. Praise the Lord. In Busega, if you said praise the Lord, everyone will answer back. Praise, the Lord. praise the Lord. Amen. So good to. We take it as a singular, singular joy. My wife, Alan, and our four girls uh, being here is nothing but a pure joy. Our church and this church is partnership. Of course, besides the encouragement from our Lord Jesus Christ, this is such a very, very neat, encouraging partnership over the years that we've been partnering together. This is deeply encouraging to me personally, very encouraging to my wife, our dear children. Um, I, I, I can't tell you uh, the, 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 the very, very first time this church was uh, introduced to us. I think Brother Kyle Walker was the first one to come. And uh, I have never forgotten the little conversation we had under a tree at King Jesus Church. The, that conversation leading to having your pastor finally come and uh, Blake Palmer and all the different leaders and elders that have come through at King Jesus Church. This has been extremely encouraging. Watching now the grown-up deaf children going to be able to, to go to school, the life skills children. Please, I, I don't think I'll have the right words to say thank you. But please, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. I want, before we turn, we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. But before we turn to Ephesians chapter 1, because I, I can imagine I know some of you, but I don't know many of us. I can tell you a little bit about who we are. Personally, I was born and raised in a very tiny village. As you come in Entebbe, the airport as you're about to land, a small village right there. But I don't know whether you've heard about that African proverb which says it takes a village to raise a child. I was raised in that setting of uh, a whole village raising us. I grew up thinking somehow every child maybe has a family, has an auntie, has an uncle. But my father raised about 11 of us, and he worked so hard to make sure all of us have at least some kind of a degree or education. So when I grew up to come to the university, I was sent into the city where Makerere University is, our main university in Uganda. Coming to the university, that was the first time I saw uh, children and the families that were living in... Um, with, with no families, That's, that was my first time to see prostitutes. That was my first time to see people that didn't have family and, and real meaningful community. But at that point, I thought I could solve these problems. In my, have you suffered from pride and arrogance yourself? I that that is the first time I was hit, and I thought I could solve these things as a person. But in our high school, there was a girl. That girl is actually today married to a, a minister of the gospel, but for her she's selling in a, in a market. That girl is the first one who exposed me to the truth that if, Raphael, you never repent, if you never turn away from your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ, if you ever die, you will end up in hell. I said, hell? I, we were good Catholics and I thought in doing enough good works, that could lead you to Maybe someday coming to St. Basilica and uh, St. Peter allows you to come into heaven. That's when I was first introduced to the fact that there is none of us, even those of us that, that seated in this room, none of us can do enough to satisfy a holy, righteous God. And uh, I was broken, and I finally realized that there can only be one mediator between a sinful, rich person And that is Jesus Christ and the work that he has done on the cross at Calvary. That's how I gave my life to the Lord in 1996. Shortly after that, when I was in the university, my big brother had just started a ministry in one of the suburbs of Kampala. And he asked me if I could join the team and be ordained and be one of the pastors in our church. I agreed to that with all my heart. My entire goal and zeal was to witness to every one young man that I could ever find and witness to them that you you are like me. Without a savior, you will end up in hell if you ever uh, come to the end of, 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 of this short life here on the earth. That was my passion. I nearly gave my life to that cause. Shortly after that, I didn't know that my brother had been accepted to come and study at Dallas theological seminary, to do a master's in theology. So he asked me if I could lead our church, to which I agreed. I made so many mistakes (laughs) while I was a, a pastor, a younger pastor in 2000. He left me with that church, pastored that church for about two years, made so many grievous mistakes, to which I am now aware that as wonderful as a young person can be. It is a blessing that there are elders and grown-up men that can disciple and nurture and grow a young man. Uh, shortly after that, my brother came back. When he came back, I thought he was going to bring healthy churches like this one. He came back with a gang of uh, televangelists. And uh, when they came back, they came back with a slogan that we must save Africa. So... For the next eight years, we went city after city, city after city, staging big events, big massive crusades, a hundred thousand people, and then this is how we would report. We would report and say, in this city, let's say the city of Burundi, or the city of Nairobi, or the city of Kenya, a thousand people gave their life to Jesus. We healed uh, so many people. In fact, we were, uh, I was reading one time a book, and one person said, the way, Our group, that group, the way our groups used to report about salvations in Africa, if those salvations were true, not only would the people of Africa be saved, but even our chickens and our goats and all our hens, everything would be saved. But we all know that that was not true. So one time we were staging that kind of an event in the city of Goma. They had just had a terrible volcano, and as we were done that thing, tried to feed with cameras and big lights to show that we are doing something uh, so after doing that, there was a woman this woman had a kid and uh, she walks up to our car and says, I can see that you guys have food, would you bring back my child with you, because I can see you can feed my kid unfortunately all of us turned away and got into our SUVs and drove back to Kampala but coming back for me as a person, I began to ask these personal questions for my heart as a person. And I said, who are we doing this for? In fact, I remember turning to my brother Gerard and saying to Gerard, Gerard, his, his name is Gerard. I said, Gerard, I, I, there's no way. Uh, some, something is not right. We either we are deceiving or we, but something is not right. Friends, those of you that are seated in this church, and you have a healthy church like this one, sometimes we we can uh, we can just throw stones at people that are into prosperity movement or unhealthy churches or churches where the gospel is not being proclaimed and cast stones at them. Let me tell you, as someone who was in the midst of some of these prosperity movement movements, many of these people are genuinely genuinely wrong. They, it's, it's so possible for someone to be passionately and passionately wrong. I saw that thing first hand. So when I told Gerard I was out of that, everyone thought I'd lost my mind. In fact, even myself at some point I thought maybe I'd, I've lost my mind. And uh, Gerard told me, no, how about you go to Dubai? Go to Dubai and we plant another church in Dubai. I was excited about that. So that's how I ended up into Dubai and uh, living in dubai for a very after 3 months i remember texting allen and saying this is, i don't know i see wealth i see buildings but i don't think this is the place for us 3 months later i came back to kampala when i came back to kampala we uh we i told allen i i don't know what's going on i don't know what's wrong with me but i feel like even dubai is not the place for me shortly after that i got an opportunity to travel to uk and they come here for the first time in the United States in 2009. I was telling Blake Palmer's family the other day when we were having dinner, I said, <laughs> I, seeing the United States for the first time, I couldn't believe that this world is there. I saw houses, I saw homes, I saw how things are going here in the U.S., and I couldn't believe after three months of, uh, I, I think I went to about 12 states here in the U.S., After that trip, I went back home. Friends, those of you that are, because Philly is like a church family for us, can you allow me to talk to you as I'm talking to my family? Now, going back to Kampala, there was a whirlwind of different things that were going through my heart. Shortly after that, I think a month later, we were watching the news seated in our house with Alan, and then... On our TV, there is a movement called King Fad Foundation. It's coming out of Saudi Arabia. They target communities that are very, very impoverished. They target these communities and run schools in these communities, run warehouses to provide employment in these communities. That thing announced on our TV that we have finally found a community. They call it a forgotten community in Kampala they said we found busega and we want to go and redeem this community that's what they said i remember turning to allen as this thing was going on on the tv and i said Alan, listen if king fahad foundation plant themselves here in busega if god ever give us an opportunity let us go and plant ourselves right here in the beginning allen was like busega no no our kids were young, Charity and Tabby were young by that time. Later on, guess what? A friend of mine had just planted a church in another community which looks like Busega and he asked if I could come and preach for him. So I said to Alan, can we go together? So we went together. As soon as I, they had some kind of a church but it had no, the roof was there but the roof was like an empty roof. As soon as I opened the Bible like it is here that I'm going to preach, as soon as I get ready to begin to preach, the rain started to come. I'm telling you the truth, the rain poured. I picked my Bible and put it under my shirt to just protect the papers of my Bible. The rain poured on us the whole time. But as we were going back home, Alan turns to me and says, she calls me "Kajubi." Kajubi, finally I feel like I have seen firsthand what it means to obey God and do what God wants you to do. That's how King Jesus Church started. About a year later, when King Jesus Church had just started, it started very, very, very humbly. It started in our house. There used to be a man from Europe who, because we had accumulated a lot of money, we were staying in the same compound with him. His house was here, ours was here. And this man used to use his money to to molest kids because this church is full of some children I will not go into the details and one time we went to the police and the man had 20 cases at the police station but no one could address them and uh, so we started with those kids if you have been to King Jesus the guy who plays our keyboard David came from one of those those kids and uh, we started the fellowship in our house that King Jesus Church and we would open the Bible and study God's word and play with these kids Later on, the the crowd grew so large that we couldn't fit the kids in our house, but a dirty movie-showing theater opened up into the community. That's how we started. This is a dirty movie theater. Behind it is a stripper's room, and over there is a bar. So that's how King Jesus Church started. A year later, this lady where we have been sleeping, Christian Christenbergie, write to me an email and says Habi Noel the president of Lifeline is going to come to Kampala. Would you create time and meet with him? In my mind I'm going, an American again? <laughs> so I met with Habi who, and I'm not saying this because he's here, who to this day, many times, he has helped me to understand what it means to, to be a true brother to another, another person. Because of the work of the gospel. Met with Habi and the first question Habi asked me was, Raphael, what's the vision of King Jesus Church? And I'm like, The vision of King Jesus Church, we want to reach this community with the hope of the gospel, we want to disciple the people of Busega, young people of Busega, who can be able to be empowered to reach their own community with the hope of the gospel. And Habi's like, if King Jesus Church will lead this lifeline, this is the word he used, he said lifeline would want to come alongside King Jesus Church in a very tiny, small way. In my mind, I'm going, are you an American or you borrowed a passport? And uh, it's been now over 12 years, ladies and gentlemen. I am indebtedly thankful for the ministry of Lifeline and the dear friend and a dear brother have been well that we've done and the entire leadership at Lifeline and, and, and unadopted. That we've done this life together. One of the things, as we get ready to get into our text, one of the things that Lifeline has done that I'm forever thankful for was to introduce us to the church family of Philadelphia. And, uh, let me just give one contrast and then we we'll get into God's Word. The difference I have seen with what we have done with Lifeline and Philadelphia and, uh, uh over these years, when we were with these uh, former group, American groups of mine, if they came, like let's say David Barnett has come, Blake Palmer has come, Kyle has come, if they would come, the first thing that they would demand is that, Pastor Rafael, where is the five-star hotel? And then we would take them to those five-star hotels. Ever since we started doing life together with Lifeline and the Philadelphia Church, including your pastor, when your leaders come to Busega, I have never heard one of them ask me, Pastor Rafael, where is is the five-star hotel in this community? Guess what? We stay together in my house. But the community is watching. We walk together the streets of Busega, together. And as a result, the money that would have spent into hotels, we use that money to make sure another child is educated in the deaf school. We use that money to make sure the the deaf school has supplies and resources to continue the school. Friends, I know I'm speaking for me as a person. I know I'm speaking for my family. I know I'm speaking for the deaf children as I get this opportunity to stand here to, to, to preach. But I thought I didn't want to go into the text before saying to each one of you here at FIDE, please, thank you very much. I know you could have become an empire, maybe your pastors could be driving Ferrari here, but for you to choose not to use that money, but to come alongside a church like King Jesus Church to help vulnerable deaf and blind children to be able to have education, please thank you and thank you very much. Amen? Let's go into God's Word. Now, our goal at King Jesus Church, when I, I got an opportunity to share here, I thought about so many different things that I could share to a loving church like this one. I couldn't get away from Ephesians 1, verse 1 and verse 2. And in these two verses, as you find the text, I want to share the lessons that my wife and I and the entire leadership at King Jesus Church, that we have had to learn not to compete with King Farhad Foundation, not to compete with the witch doctors, but to concentrate on what the Bible says a healthy community church needs to do to make sure they reach with the message of the gospel in their own community. Amen? And I thought I could share with us this morning. Look at verse 1. This one of mine says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Jesus Christ the second verse says grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our goal as we were beginning our if you ask me, Pastor Raphael, what is the thing the last 13 years that you've learned to be the strongest thing especially if let's say you planted in a community like Busega what is the number one thing that you can point at and say this, must, this is a must like all of us must be equipped into this, all of us must hold this as the most prime thing on a daily basis. It is what is in verse 1, if you re- look at it one more time, it says Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Number one that we hold very primary, and I wanted to share with the church here at Philly, if you will write it down, number one, it, it, it says Paul was called by God to be an apostle according to God's will. And I wanted to use this to speak about, if you will write it down, I wanted to, to use this to speak about what is called a personal core, a personal core individually. In a community like where we are serving, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just running a corporate big church with just a few actors up on the stage, you've lost the game. It has been and it continues to be the biggest challenge And the biggest commitment at King Jesus Church to make sure that every one single individual that walks into the doors of King Jesus Church, number one, understands the gospel, but also commits himself to making this gospel spread. Ladies and gentlemen, it makes such a huge difference. When you hear the words that are being used here to describe Paul, it says Paul. That's the number one thing. The next thing is His title is called An Apostle of Jesus Christ. The description for apostle here in Greek is called apostolos. It means the one that has been called and sent forth on a very special mission. The mission that was given unto Paul was the mission of the spread of the message of the gospel. Friends, there are many things that I can think about but there is nothing like individuals in a church gaining an understanding that the message of the gospel is not for me to come and enjoy in the church, but it is my commitment to make it known. For us at King Jesus Church, that was, like a, that was, and to this day, has been one of our greatest, greatest tools. Every one young person that walks into the church after I have welcomed them, thank you for being a part of us, the next thing is, tell me your your gospel story. How have you come to know Jesus Christ? At what point did you realize you were sinner? Have we intentionally come to this point as spirit to ask ourselves that, honestly, at what point did, did I come to know Jesus? At what point did... I ever come to a place of realizing I am a sinner. Friends, it's so easy in a good church like here to come and sit in a, a pew there, sit comfortably, have a wonderful choir, minister, and sing, and you walk out. Without you as an individual ever coming to that place of asking yourself that honestly, what is my personal call as an individual? Each one of us in this room, friends, each one of us has been called by God in whichever way that God has called you. Each one of us has been called to make sure the message of the gospel is shared to the next person. And uh, one of the things that I've seen in America, and please take, take, take no offense. Take no offense. One of the things that I've seen in America is that we have created... Uh, Especially the spread of the gospel To be handed into the hands of just a handful of people Maybe those who studied to be ministers of the gospel I've been uh, looking at uh, Especially the confusion right now Please, uh, I'm not poking my nose into the American affairs But I've been looking at this whole confusion into the schools right now And uh, kids being confused whether they are boys or girls I've been looking at uh, some of the struggles, especially with boys thinking that they, they can marry girls and think boys can marry boys and things like that. I believe with all my heart that our children, your children and my children, members of Philly, all of us, either you are a lawyer, whether you were a worker, whether you are serving where, each one of us, I think it is high time to go back to look at a verse like this one in, in uh, Philly and uh, in Ephesians and ask yourselves, Paul, an apostle, a messenger, and ask ourselves, as for me personally, what is my message? What is my contribution? What is the, where am I standing when it comes to, to the spread of this gospel? We have uh, one of the girls, she used to be one of the strippers dancers in, uh, in, the, in, in that former hall. That girl came to our fellowship. We have divided the entire King Jesus Church into small small groups where each one of the people is not just a member of a big gathered group, but a small group where you can belong and make a personal contribution. This girl joined one of our small groups, the women's group, and when she joined there she thought she was going to be judged, she thought she was going to be uh, segregated against and uh I remember Ellen and the entire women... ...wrapped their arms around this girl... ...and told her... ...you are one of us... ...but here is the truth... ...Jesus Christ loves you... ...but he would like that... ...there is a day... ...when you come to the end of your sin... ...and uh, that girl... Did under, did, did, ...said maybe it's because for you... ...you've led a clean life... ...a pure life... ...and these ladies continue to pour into this girl... ...again and again and again... ...and again and again over and over and over and over again. To that, finally, I think after a year, there wasn't pressure on this girl. But finally, this girl said, finally, I see myself in light of a forgiving God, but what do I need to do? And these ladies were clear. They said, what if your mission is to go back and witness to your fellow sweepers? That one, Jesus forgives sinners but he also does not like that they continue in their sin. What if you help them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as well? Today I think, I don't know how many, maybe you, would you say about five, maybe about five of, of the former strippers have repented, come to the saving knowledge because of this faithful stripper that came to the saving knowledge and she was challenged to go back and pick her friends. Beloved, Look at this scripture. Look at how the, what the Bible says about it. Look at John 15 and verse 16 in the words of Jesus. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit and fruit that will last. The Father's will is that the Father wills, will give you whatever you ask in my name. But the heart of The Father is that He has chosen us and appointed us that each one of us in our capacity, we should be able to go. I want you to help me write this question down. As far as for you as an individual you're concerned, who are you called to? What category of people are you called to? Are you called to just come and enjoy good summons here, enjoy a good church here? What category of people are you called to go and reach? Ephesians repeats the same thing. Ephesians 5, verse 18 to verse 21. It says, all this is from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ Jesus, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ Jesus to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be seen. Who knew no sin? So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Beloved, I pray that each one of us in this service will walk out of here knowing that... I, I usually tell the people at King Jesus Church... You know, many people get to a place, especially in the present-day churches, like the churches where I came from, where they tell people, please have your best life here and now. Please enjoy. The, enjoy. Be the better you you can ever be. <laughs> better than even these things are not true. You and me are ambassadors of the gospel. And there is coming a day when each one of us will I'm pretty sure, we will stand before Jesus Christ and we will be held accountable. We have been trusted with the most precious thing on planet earth. We have not trust, been trusted with these buildings. We've been trusted with the message of the gospel. And it has to go out. It has to be shared. Please, church, hear me. God has not called your family, God has not called my family to, to sit in the pews and enjoy a nice service. One day, we've been having a thing in our family. Uh, one day I was with my daughter. Every time they make a birthday, I normally go out with them. And uh, we were seated in a restaurant and we were eating on her birthday, the biggest girl, Charity. And uh, then she posed the question to me. She said, Dad, what would be the number one thing if I ever grow up? That was, I think, her 15th birthday. She said, what would be the number one thing when I ever grow up that you would be disappointed about if I did it? And I said, Oh God Almighty, this is the greatest gift I can have on this girl's birthday. I remember turning to her and saying, Honestly, we as the Kajubis, we've been trusted with the number one most precious thing on planet Earth. And that thing is the message of the Gospel. That all men have been created and born in sin. But there is a righteous God. Perfectly holy and perfectly righteous. There is no one single man. It could be American. It could be, it could be Ugandan. No man can ever bridge that gap between a holy God and a perfectly righteous God. But Christ Jesus has come, bore our sins, lived a life that none of us in this room could ever live. And through Him, at the repentance of the sins of men, men can be reconciled unto Him. Beloved, if you ask me, Pastor, what is the number one thing you've learned in a community like Busega? People, it is so easy to come into a community like Busega and say the greatest problem in Busega is, uh, is poverty. That would, that would not be true. The greatest problem in Busega is not poverty. The greatest problem in Busega is that men and women have turned against God, have lived the way they want to live. The greatest problem in America and in Busega is not either poverty or race or tribe. The greatest problem here is that every man and every woman is beginning to live the way they want. And I am praying that for us as a church that have been trusted with this glorious message, we will come out and in humility, lovingly serve one another, as we call our brothers and sisters, unto repentance. Amen? To be called personally, it means to be called to be possessed by Jesus Christ many people ask me Pastor Raphael I want to share the gospel but what what do I need to know to to be able to do it is to be possessed by Jesus Christ this means precisely to know him and to know him personally and to know him not only as the savior but as the master of our own life Christ was not only the savior of Paul but he was his master as well this means living, not to do as we will, but as He wills through our lives. Matthew, I like how Matthew puts it in Matthew 16 and verse 24. The Bible says, that, then Jesus said to His disciples, if anyone would come after me, He must deny Himself and take up His cross and follow Me. I like how it is written in Luke 14, Luke 14 and verse 33. The Bible says, in the same way, any one of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciples. Beloved, how I pray that here at Fide there will be men and women that stop living for themselves. How I pray that there will be a day, as I saw the services beginning here, there will be men that stand up here at Philly, and both at King Jesus Church, and say, friends, I, I have something to confess in our small group. Finally, I've come to the end of myself. I'm no longer living for myself. How I pray as we we uh, we, we, we do small community groups that each one of us, our confession will not be, man, I bought another new car, or I, I, I have a better house than anyone here. But finally, friends, I've been convicted lately. I've been convicted to start living, not just for me. I look at the children. (laughs) I look at the children here. I beg you, Phile. I know our relationship with uh, Phile is very critical. I don't want to, to cause trouble by coming here. But can I speak to you honestly? I pray that the children of Phile will not think that the whole world is Birmingham. I pray that these children, your children and my children, will grow up and know that we have been trusted with so much. But God desires that we do not live for us, but we live for the cause of the gospel. We live for His glory. We live to make sure that this gospel is taken to the next village. I, I think about how um, the children here and... Uh, Wine and sometimes grumble and complain a bit. And in my mind and in my heart, I'm going, families, daddies, mummies that are here, please, let's be the best example to show our children that our family doesn't live for us. And I don't want to, 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 to beat down on any family, but I've been blown away. The first time, Habby told me that, Raphael, you're my brother from another mother. I thought, that's a good 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 joke but these have been 13 years I can't tell you how much his family and my family have plugged into each other and to do life together but guess what my children see a better picture I believe his children see a better picture I see how his children come to our home in Busega and how they do life with our children and I'm going this is what it should be fathers that are here I beg you as a friend as a partner And I want to ask you that may we demonstrate for our children, that is, that are here, what it means for our children to live for another, another, another person, that our children are not thinking of how how we consume it all for us. This is what the Bible says. Uh, First John chapter two and verse seventeen. The Bible says the world and its desires will automatically pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. These verses need to be read again in our family devotions. Matthew 12 and verse 50, the Bible is clear. It says, for whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother. That's the family of Jesus. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister. And he is my mother. Philip. How I pray that here and at King Jesus Church, we will get to a place where individuals have tapped into a personal call that finally come to a place where we say, finally, we are choosing to live for the one who died for us. I wish I can hear a louder amen. The last thing. God calls individuals, ultimately number one, to live for His will. To live knowing that uh, it's a greatest privilege. But finally, God calls us corporately as a church. And this is our corporate calling as a church. God calls us as a a corporate body. God calls... Look at how it says in this verse. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. That's his personal call. Call to extend the message of the gospel. Because it's the will of God. The second thing he says to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. They are, I believe this is our call corporately as Philip, Our call corporately as King Jesus Church. Number one, I believe God calls us corporately to be saints. This word, the saints, in Greek, it's called Hagioi. It means to be set apart, consecrated, sacred and holy. It also means one who lives for God. And there are two keys about a concerted church, a church of the saints. Can you imagine even, uh, I was studying this thing, Pastor Corey, and Paul called even the what you can call the dirty church of of Corinth, when he was addressing them, he called them the saints. Beloved, I figured out that that is not according to our character. We are not saints because we have worked for it. We have been made saints. We've been made set apart, known to live for us because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And there are two keys to think about when we are thinking about about this. Number one, it means our hearts, everyone said, my heart, say that with me, my heart. Our hearts have been recreated in righteousness and in true holiness. That's what makes us the saints of the Lord. And to put, Ephesians, that's why it says in Ephesians 4 verse 24, it says, And to put in a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. Um, I don't know whether you've suffered from that thing here, but in Uganda we've just walked through the darkest contentious political situation I have never seen. Even It, it even entered church. We have had a president who has lived as a president since 1986. His name is Museven. There are people inside the church who, of course, before Idi Amin, there was turbulence. Uganda was unstable. So President Museven came in. There were pastors even in church who would stand on the pulpit like here and say publicly, Museven is a godsend. Then there was a young man. His name was called Bobby Wine. Bobby Wine was was enchanting. People power. And then the whole crowd would answer back. Our power. Young people. Vibrant young people. And they were demanding we must have change. Now. I wouldn't have a problem if that was outside. My issue was having that thing inside the church. At King Jesus Church. it, It was the toughest thing to lead in church. During that time. Harvey, you couldn't believe, you would get in church and there are people who are saying to you, Pastor, please say something. Say something to either the effect of our people power, our power, or Museveni and our power. And I remember, ladies and gentlemen, turning to this scripture and beginning to understand why Paul addressed the Ephesian church as the saints. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we might have like in, in Uganda, I kept telling the people we might have political inclination towards Bobby Wine or people power but above all things we are the saints of our Lord Jesus Christ. We could have political opinions here on the earth but I am praying that here at Fide, what are the political things you have here? We have people power and the movement. What do you have here? Maybe I don't want to know. Okay it's contentious how I pray I pray with all my heart that just as we have people power and uh, movement power I pray that when we walk into the doors of the church that God will do a work in us to be reminded that yes we are here and we must have maybe political inclinations here but this is not our end and binding home permanently Uh, I was uh I've, I've been watching some football lately here and, uh, I think it is, uh, it is Hubby who introduced me to the things of Alabama. And uh, last week I was watching it in Columbus and I was saying Alabama and Tennessee and I was seeing how people were binding their teeth. And in my mind, I'm going, yes, there could be some football inclinations, but friends, be reminded that above and above everything, we have been called to be the saints of our Lord Jesus Christ. People that don't live for these temporal things, people who live for the understanding that we are here, but our dwelling here is temporal. Our citizenry is not here. Our citizenry is in heaven above. This is what the Bible says. Ephesians 4 and verse 24. It says, and put, and to put in a new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. I like how Peter, first Peter puts it, 1.14. He says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have or you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. The second aspect that God calls the church, apart from calling the church to be the saints in a a way that we live for him publicly, God calls the church to be faithful. God calls the church to be found faithful. Precisely this means to get to a life which is surrendered, completely trusting in him and in him alone. To save. I don't think there was ever a time like how it was with COVID 19. I have never seen a dark time like how it was in COVID. I mean, COVID I think must have affected here, but COVID affected greatly in Musega. You saw darkness. You saw a sense of hopelessness. You saw a sense of uh, how are we living beyond today. And beloved, God calls us in dark times, I, 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 I don't think the church here and Uganda, I don't think we've ever lived in a time which is uncertain like it is right now. But in these uncertain times, I how I pray that Philip and King Jesus Church, we will be found to be faithful found to be doing what the Master has called us to do. Let me tell you a testimony, of course, to the glory of God and the faithfulness of the saints at King Jesus Church. We have, those of you that have been to Besega, you know we have, King Jesus Church is here. But right above us, we have a major, a major prosperity movement church called Liberty. Like, they have a massive building where people like Creflo Dora have been coming to preach. When COVID hit... All the doors of this Among Us church were closed. I saw wonderful, faithful people of King Jesus Church open up. We realized that the official church services can't go on, but we can have life with the church in the community. So those of you that have been, you know that that compound, that whole yard there, was filled with people from around the community. People were flooding that whole compound every day because that felt like the only... Place where kids could play from. Our leadership, which I thank God for, our leadership decided we will not have official services. Instead, we will pour ourselves into the community and do life with, with with the people. That was actually around the same time I reached out to uh, unadopted of Lifeline, and I, I said, we have a budget that feeds children. How about using this budget to pack up food, to make sure we distribute food for the families of some of these kids that don't have food right now. And that's what we did for like the next two years. Beloved, in dark times, how I pray that this church and King Jesus Church will be faith, found faithful, folding our sleeves To serve the people. I uh, One of the things I've loved uh, serving with with Lifeline has been the intent. I thought all along, I thought Lifeline was doing so much with only us in Busega. This July, Allen and me, we were invited uh, to go into a convention center in Dubai. I was blown away to see how many people that were coming from Togo, from Liberia, from uh, Burundi, from uh, South America, from uh, Asia, that were converging and all of them that I talked to were saying, listen, the greatest time that we had to serve was in the most dark time. Beloved, I am calling upon all of us that when darkness hits, that's not the time for the church to isolate, that's the time for the church to plug in and we serve together. How I pray that when when there are girls that are committing abortion in this community, when there are kids that are choosing maybe to, to, to go into drug addiction, that Philly and King Jesus Church we will fold our sleeves and go in and call in these kids and say, there is a place for you at Philly. There is a place for you at King Jesus Church. The church, together, corporately, we have been called to be found faithful, especially in ugly times. Especially in ugly times. And can I tell you something? I can see that real times have come here. And real times have come in Busega. And I believe for us together as a church, what we can learn from one another is how to equip each other not to back away. Not to... To, to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned, but to ask ourselves, God, how do you want me to engage? How I pray that many of us, I can see many wonderful looking young persons that are here. How I pray that we will all begin to ask ourselves, who do I need to drive to church? Who do I need to reach out to? That is our call as a church to be found faithful, especially in ugly times. I wish I can hear louder. Amen. Finally, let me share with us these two scriptures, and I think I'll be done with what I needed to share with us this morning. John chapter 3, and verse 14 and verse 15. The word of the Lord says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. The same scripture, John 3 and verse 36, he continues by saying, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on such a one. How I pray, with all my heart and everything that is within my heart, that feel it, we will be found. Number one, as, everyone said that with me. As the saints of Christ, we, we will not back away. When uh, the the, uh, I think you have uh, what what is predominantly here is white and black. We have Sikh tribes sick tribes, and they hinder the gospel in our community. Allen and me are by the way coming from two different tribes. Two different tribes. Allen's tribe grew up, Allen grow, growing up, her tribe kept thinking we are not human beings. But guess what? Growing up, even me, my tribe kept thinking Allen's people are not human beings. Because of the hope of the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, and because of the work Christ has done in my life, I have never seen a real human being like my sweet wife. But also, I I think, maybe she thinks the same way. I don't think she has ever seen a real human being like me. (laughs) I'm just hoping. I am praying that in these ugly times, Phile, our description will be that we have been found to be the faithful ones of the Lord. We have loved genuinely. People have found their way into our Phile family. I love you with all my heart. If you don't mind, can I pray some in Luganda? Please, let's bow our heads and pray. I know the times are difficult, but I thank you for our partnership as King Jesus Church and Philip. I continue to pray that God you open our eyes to the realization of what is my personal place in the spread of this gospel. God, this might look different and for everyone that is seated in this room. Some it might be to people that that are struggling with abortion. Some it might be with the kids that are caught up on drugs. To some it might be with the families that are behaving like as if they, they are the owners of the world. But God, to all of us, I pray, that we will take serious the call to which you've called us, which is the call to spread this glorious gospel. My God and my Father, corporately as and as King Jesus Church, I ask you that you help us, O God Almighty, to be clear on who we are. Let our identity not be um, po- politically inclined or, 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 or race or, or, or status. I pray that our description, our identity will be the fact that we are the redeemed of the Lord. I pray that this will sink into the homes, the families that are represented here. I pray and ask you that, God, you may continue to do a work in this faith family. Thank you for the pastors. Thank you for the leadership. I pray, God Almighty, oh that you may continue to grow your work in this faith family. I continue to ask you that our two churches will be able to continue to be an encouragement to one another, not in a way that we can make possible, but your spirit can make possible. Do what only you can do and be glorified and be exalted for it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I love you and God richly bless you so much.